the book of Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. And uh, thank God for everything he's doing. I do want to say it's good to have Autumn with us. Oh, I'm sorry. I waited till she walked out. We're glad to have Autumn with us. I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. How many are glad he arose? Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And returned from the sepulcher, and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And the words, which, the words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter, and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes, lay by themselves, and departed, wondering in his, himself at that which was come to pass. If you would lay your Bibles down, let's lift our hands and ask God to have his way. God, we thank you one more time. What a privilege, what a, a great opportunity to celebrate your resurrection. We thank you, God, that you not only lived, you not only came, robed yourself in flesh, you lived, you you defeated death, hell, and the grave, and you arose, and we can live today because of you, and we thank you for that. Help us today, God. Hide me behind the cross. Anoint us today in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. Very, 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 how old are you? It's that familiar. We've heard the story of Easter We've heard the story of the resurrection. Even if you weren't raised in church, I'm sure you heard Easter and you knew what the celebration was. And it is, it is a time that we thank God that He is alive. See, if our God wasn't alive, we wouldn't have power ourselves. But because He lives, we can live today. Our text said, that upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher. The sepulcher, the place of death, the place you put things that you hoped for that have died, the place that you put away things that, that have, have perished, and you, you, you put them away, and, and you seal it up, and you think, that's over, but it ain't over. Because it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back. And you can't get rid of that. Even though you put it in a sepulcher, it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back. 
And that's not how God designed the church. He arose so that we would be able to have power to overcome the things we've buried in our past, the things we've put away in our past, the things that haunt us from our past. They keep coming back. They keep coming. Why can't I get over this? And they keep coming back, and they keep coming back, and they keep coming back. We can't stop remembering. It's a part of being a human. It's a part of our makeup. It's a part of how God created us with the ability to remember. There's some things I don't want to remember. There's some things I just as soon never remember. But no matter how hard I try, it seems in my darkest times, it seems in the times that I'm my weakest, my memory goes back to the things that I put away years ago. And I remember. And I remember. They came to the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, they said, what's going on? What is this? What happened? What? Where is he at? The stone was there. It's been rolled away. Who could have moved that stone? There were soldiers here guarding it. What happened? Where is he? What is this that's happening? They were perplexed. And while they're there trying to figure out what's going on, the Bible says two men stood by in shining garments. And as they were afraid, wouldn't you be afraid? <laughs> You're there mulling over these things that you keep remembering. You're mulling over the past, and, and, and you're, it's not what you expected it to be. And all of a sudden, poof, two guys show up in shining garments. <laughs> It'd scare you too, wouldn't it? Two men stood by in shining garments, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, the two men in shining garments, said to those that didn't know what was going on and were afraid, Why seek ye the living among the dead? We, we celebrate today our ability to live. We celebrate today our ability to be alive again because He lives. I can face tomorrow. We are able to live because He lived. And the, the two angels asked them, Why are you looking for He that is alive in a place that is meant for the dead? He's not here. He's arisen. He's not here, but is risen. And then the two angels said this, Remember. Remember. That's what I do every day as I remember. I can't get away from remembering. I can't make myself stop remembering. But they didn't stop at remembering. 
See, we remember the bad times. We remember our failures. We remember our shortcomings. We remember when we think God failed us because he hasn't worked yet like we wanted him to work. Not one time has he ever failed you. Not one time has he come up short. But we remember all the bad. We remember all the shortcomings. But the angel said, remember how he spake unto you. Do you remember those things? Do you remember the times you were at an altar? Maybe you were at camp meeting. Maybe you were at youth camp. Maybe you were at family camp. Maybe you were at a men's retreat. Maybe you were at a ladies retreat. And you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God spoke to you. When's the last time you thought about that? But see, we're so busy remembering the former things. We're so busy being consumed by our past that we can't remember what God spoke specifically, personally to us. And here these women have come because in their mind it's over. In their mind it's done. In their mind they killed our Savior and they've buried Him here. So we're going to go honor His death. And they came to the tomb, and it's empty, and they said, what is going on? And the angel said, don't you remember what he said? Remember what he said to you. When he was yet in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. He's already told you what was going to happen, but we're so consumed with the negative side of it, we can't see the positive. How many of us live our lives so negative, we can't receive from God what He's trying to give us? Because we're remembering the wrong things. We're remembering the bad things. We're remembering the past. Everything we see is critiqued by the failures of the past. And we can't let the past go because we keep remembering it. And yet the angels came and said, remember what He said to you. He's talked to every one of us. And we need to remember the things that He said, not the things we see. Because the things we see don't line up with what He said. There's an empty tomb. That lines up with what He says. But they didn't see it that way. They saw that somebody had stolen His body. They were looking with carnality. They were looking with natural eyes. And the angels had to say, Don't you remember what He said? He said He would have to be crucified, but He was going to rise again. Don't you remember what He said? Destroy this temple in three days, I'll build it up. Don't you remember He warned you about this? And verse 8, thank God, says, And they remembered His words. Why do you come to church? Why do you have to have a pastor? Why do you have to have a preacher in, in your life? So that in, in your times of remembering the past, the man of God can stand up and say, God promised you that He would see you through. God gave you a promise. He told you He would make everything work together for good. But our mind is remembering the past. Our, our negativity won't let us see the brilliancy of the present. They were shining. And all they could see was the negative. They remembered His words 
and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to the rest. Told everybody. You're not going to believe this. What if we started saying, I know you're going to believe this. See how our thinking works? See how our negativity works? We come and say, you're not going to believe this. Well, okay, then don't tell me. <laughs> come on now. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna the Mary, and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. Verse 11, And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. They said, What? What is this? What, what are you talking about? What? You've lost your mind. Because they couldn't see it. Because they were remembering the wrong thing. They didn't remember His words. They didn't remember that He said He would rise. And they needed somebody to tell them. I came to tell somebody, He arose. I came to tell somebody, you don't have to be bound by your past. I came to tell somebody, you don't have to be afraid of your future. Why? Because He arose and He gave us the power to be overcomers. We're more than conquerors. Why? Because He went to Calvary and we can leave all that in the past. Their words seemed to them as idle tales. They, they, they didn't know what it was they were talking about. Then Peter, he arose and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. The apostle Peter, the man that had the keys to the kingdom, didn't know what was going on. What's going on? What, what is this? What is happening? I don't get it. You ever felt that way? Hey, in living for God, have you ever found yourself remembering all the failures and going, what's going on? I don't understand. I don't, I don't know where Jesus is. I don't know what happened to Him. I just came to honor Him and He's gone. And I don't know what to do. And you start remembering all the times you fail God. Oh, well, it must be because I did that. Oh, it must be because I didn't do that. It must be because I'm not able to. That's the enemy. That's his job. He's the accuser of the brethren. We've got to believe. You've got to know in your knower that when you come to an altar in repentance and you put your sin on the altar and it gets covered in the blood, you've got to believe God don't remember it anymore. Why are we remembering it? Why have we chosen to bring it up? God doesn't. They kept saying, what's going on? What is it? What's happening? You know what what is it means, right? You know what the word for what is it? Come on, I thought y'all would be with me already. When the Israelites were in the wilderness... And they needed sustenance. God rained something down from heaven and they said, what is this? They didn't know what it was. It was manna from heaven. It was like coriander seed. And they ground it up and they made cakes out of it and they ate it every day. Every day. Every day, every day, every day, every day. And it got old to them. A miracle got old. And they began to remember. 
the leeks and the onions and the, the things in Egypt, they began to remember where they were and complained and complained and complained. And poor old Moses is just out there trying to get the people across the desert. And all they do is complain. And they said, what is it? Joshua chapter 5, verse 10. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land. Oh, now we're in the promised land. Now we've crossed over. We're in the promised land. And the Bible says in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 11, And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover. How did they eat the old corn of the land? They just crossed over. They just defeated Jericho. Where did they get old corn? Where did it come from? The enemy grew it. How did they get it so they could eat it? If you'll study this out, when they came to cross over, God told them, this generation's got to be circumcised because they weren't ever done, done right in the, in the wilderness, so you've got to take care of that. And right after that, they celebrated the Passover, and they ate of the old corn of the land. Well, now, we know, those of us who understand, know that those men were in healing time. They couldn't do anything. It wasn't them that went and got it. You know who went and got it? Mama went and got it. Mama went and found the old corn of the land and brought it back so that her husband and her son, who was healing, would have something to eat. And the Bible says when they ate the old corn of the land that their mama had brought, the manna ceased on the next day. When they sold out and decided, I'm going to take what my mama's given me and I'm going to digest it for my nourishment. When they made up their mind that mama had what they needed and they began to consume it, the next day, what is it, went away. The next day, the misunderstanding, the next day, the not knowing disappeared when mama took the time to go get the old corn and bring it to them in the promised land. And they were willing to consume it. Are you with me yet? The mother, the church is the mother of us all. And the church brings us old corn of the land. You didn't go get that corn. You were just trying to live for God. But mama said, here, this will help you. And you're walking around going, what is this living for God? I don't understand this. Why am I struggling? Come on now. You keep remembering the past. You keep bringing up the past. Why don't you leave the past in the past and get you some old corn from mama and start consuming it and the what is this will go away. talking about Easter. I'm talking about they didn't understand what was going on. And somebody had to tell them. Even Peter. Even Peter couldn't figure it out. When we insist on consuming things from our past that we will never understand. Listen, those things you're never going to understand. Why did God let me go through that? It doesn't matter. Why did I have to experience that? It doesn't matter. Why couldn't God have given me what He gave them? It doesn't matter. But if you insist on consuming the what is it, you're never going to enjoy the good corn, the old corn that somebody else prepared for you. We're too busy trying to prepare our own 
That's not the way the kingdom works. We've got to come to the church and say, give me some old corn. What are the old paths? Find out what they are. Seek them out and walk therein. Yeah, but I don't think it takes all that. Oh, come on now. What does it take? Well, I don't know, but it don't take that. Yeah, you don't know because you're in what, what is it. And you need, you need to quit being fed by what is it. We're, we're on the other side of the resurrection now. What is it? I've got to know what it is. I, I'm going to eat it every day till I figure out what it is. You're never going to figure it out. Quit chewing on it. Leave it alone. Verse 13, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus Himself drew near. And went with them. This is the power of your past. This is the power of remembering the wrong things. This is the power of consuming things that were supposed to have ceased when you got into the kingdom. Jesus Himself can come stand right beside you and walk with you and you don't even know it. You're consumed with holding on to your misunderstanding and you're not being able to see. So much so that Jesus is right there. You've heard the saying, it's as plain as the nose on your face. Can you see your nose? I can't. Now, if you can cross your eyes, you can. I can't cross my eyes. Only way I can see my nose is look in the mirror. I know it looks big, but it ain't that big. I can't see my ears either. <laughs> and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holding that they should not know Him. One version says they saw Him, but somehow, everybody say somehow. They saw Him, but somehow they didn't recognize Him. I'll tell you how. They were holding on to I don't know what happened. They were holding on to where's Jesus? He's right beside you. <laughs> they would not let go of the past. I'm talking to somebody today. You're consumed with holding on to your past. He's not there. He's arisen. He's not there. You're not going to find Him there. You're not going to go back far enough that you find Jesus. That's supposed to be under the blood. He's walking right beside you but because they were consumed with the negative they couldn't see Jesus you know what the negative does it puts blinders on us a negative spirit will keep us from seeing anything positive and it's a spirit it consumes you it gets a hold of you and the only thing negative will do for you is this now I'm told in the Bible that I'm supposed to forget everything that was before and I'm supposed to reach to that which is ahead. I'm supposed to press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Not that. Well, I've got to go. I've got to go. Them people's dead. You can't reconcile it. Now, if they're alive and you can, the Bible teaches it. We teach on that. I ain't got time to chase that rabbit today. But some of them's gone. Why are you still hashing it over and over 
and over. Come on, I hope I'm helping somebody today. I didn't come to get on, us, on to us today. I came to help somebody understand resurrection is more than just us getting able to eat on Sunday. Resurrection is more than just saying, well, you come to my Easter service. Resurrection is about us having life and that more abundant. Verse 17, And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? That's what Jesus said to them. He said, What you talking about? It matters what we talk about. If every time somebody comes around us, we want to talk about the negative, they're not going to hang around us very long. What are you talking about? What are you consumed with? What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? Now there's a time for sadness. The Bible says there's a time for everything. But if we're talking about the wrong thing and we're walking and we're sad and Jesus is right beside us. I came to try to help somebody see you got to quit talking about all that stuff. It ain't going to change. You can't change it. God can't change it. He can't. Listen, God can't go into your past and change who your mom and daddy are. God can't go into your past and change who your children are. My mama, I'm sure, has prayed time after time after time. You can't go in the past and ask God to fix something you messed up. You can fix it sometimes. What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them whose name was Cleopas. Everybody say Cleopas. Answering said unto them, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? This dude asked Jesus, Don't you even know what you're talking about? <laughs> it was because he didn't recognize him. And we have situations in our lives that God sends into our lives. And we're going, What is this doing in my life? And Jesus is going, I put it there. But because we won't quit remembering the wrong stuff and start remembering what God told us, we can't see it. One of them whose name was Cleopas answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast thou not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? Don't you know a guy got crucified? I'm the guy! <laughs> you think God ever feels that way? You ever think he, we're talking to him, we're at prayer, and we're complaining, we're whining, we're moaning. Now he listens, but you know, after about the third time of coming and crying and complaining and moaning, he's probably like, I'm God. I know. If you leave it there, I'll deal with it, but you won't let go of it. You keep talking about it, you keep sharing Come on, somebody. Come on now. Casting all your care on him. Because he cares for you. Well, if he cared for me, he wouldn't have let me go on through that. You're not going to change it. Cleopas said, don't you know what happened here? Cleopas, his name means of a renowned father. That sounds dignified, doesn't it? That's, that's, I want to be of a renowned father. You better wait a minute. <laughs> you better go find out what that means. It comes from a compound of two words. One of them is one who has infused his own spirit into others. 
that is compounded with rumor. That's what Cleopas means. It is a rumor that has attached itself to somebody. And it ain't that the rumor won't let go. It's that they won't let go of the rumor. That's good preaching, Pastor Wood. And we spend our lives. We will not let go of the rumor. It doesn't matter if Jesus is walking beside us and told us it ain't true. They shouldn't have said that. They didn't. I heard a story of a man. I don't remember the exact details of it, but I've never forgotten this. I heard this long time ago. Some of y'all may have heard the same story. This man was bitter at a preacher. He was bitter at him years and years, and the bitterness just got worse and worse and worse and worse. I got that backwards. I apologize. The preacher was bitter at another preacher, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse till finally, he went to make it right. And he went and seen this other preacher. And there was somebody in the church that heard it going on. He, he confronted the preacher about what he had done to him. And the preacher began to weep and say, I never said that. I never did that. And the other man began to weep and to sob. And God began to remove the bitterness out of him. So much so. He was praying that hard because that bitterness for years had been inside of him, consuming him and eating him up. And it was not true. What are we holding on to from our past? What are we holding on to that keeps coming back to our memory? What do we voluntarily keep remembering so we can have an excuse to not be the best we... Come on now. What is it that's in our life that we cannot let go of? And it's not even true. I'm talking about Easter today. I'm talking about resurrection today. Cleopas was one who had infused his own spirit with rumors. And he looked Jesus Christ in the face and said, Don't you know what's going on? And how many times in my living for God have I gotten down at an altar and said, God, don't you know what's going on? I think I've shared with some of us. I was in Douglas. We were there and we had a storefront and it was just me and Sister Wood and Sister Tana. I don't even think Grandma Sue was there yet. And uh, it was just us. We was having church. It was a bigger building than this. And there was three of us in it. And I went in one Sunday morning before Sunday school and I got down on the altar and I said, God, I quit my job in Valdosta. God, I, I took a $14,000 a year pay cut to come to Douglas. God, I give up everything I have. God, I sold my daddy's truck. God, and I began to list the things that I had given up. And I began to, to make my petition to God. And I, as God, as my witness on my knees at that altar, God said, don't you think I know what you've done for me? And I said, yes, sir. And I got up, wiped my tears off, and went home. <laughs> he knows. He knows, but we're consumed with the rumors. We're consumed with things that aren't even true. Verse 19, and he said unto them, Jesus said, What things? 
And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, talking to Jesus, what things? Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet. The man's talking to God in resurrected flesh, telling God he was just a prophet. And here's the root of why some of us cannot let go of the past. We really don't know who Jesus is. I am trying to hurry. I know there's food over there, but I, God's talking to somebody. We really don't know who He is because we have been taught from our past rumors about God that are not true. But we would rather hold on to the rumor and pet our flesh than confront the truth and be delivered. And you got to do it. You got to know who Jesus is. Because if you're serving who you think he is, you don't know him. And you got to know him. You got to have a relationship with him. You can't go off rumor and live for God. Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Here's what happened. They thought it was going to be a physical kingdom. They thought the Messiah was going to come and usher in a physical kingdom to Israel. And they were going to begin to be the one world superpower that America used to think she was. They, Israel thought the Messiah was going to make them the head and not the tail. But it was a spiritual making and they didn't understand it. We trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today's the third day since these things were done. It ain't a fluke. It, we didn't misunderstand this. They really killed the dude. And he ain't who he thought he was. And when we come to the house of God, and the man of God is trying to teach us about crucifixion, and the man of God is trying to teach us about uh, crucifying the flesh, and the man of God is trying to teach us, we're like, well, I didn't know that's what living for God was all about. I wish somebody had told me that. I'd have never started. You're a fool. I didn't call you a fool. But if you believe that, you're a fool. Oh, I, I didn't know living for God was going to be all this. I'd rather have my fill in the blank because I don't want nobody to think I'm pointing to them because I'm not today. I'm talking about the resurrection. But we get consumed with rumor. We get consumed. We don't even know who he is. Why? Because we haven't taken the time to learn. Yea, verse 22, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher, and when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. He had heard the rumors about Jesus, but he didn't know him. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. For the excellency, everybody say the excellency. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. 
for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. You're not going to be victorious the way you need to be victorious until you sell out everything for Him. He said, I count everything but refuse that I might win Christ and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him. you got to know Him. You can't be walking around going, let me tell you about this, and you're looking at your problems, and Jesus is standing right there, and you don't even know Him. You can't be talking to Him and holding on to your rumors from the past that aren't even true and you're looking Him in the face and don't even know Him. You've got to know Him. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Welcome to Easter. See, I made it around. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Because if He didn't rise, we're of all men most miserable. Because we've lived this good life, but there's pleasure in sin. The Bible says so. It's fun. Till you wake up. It's fun. Till you start re reaping the consequences. There's pleasure in sin for a season. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. Oh, I thought when I went and, and got baptized in Jesus' name and received this old Holy Ghost I spoke in tongues 24 years ago, but man, I thought I'd never have problems again. Somebody lied to you. <laughs> We are in fellowship of His sufferings. But we got the power to get through it if we know Him and the power of His resurrection. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Easter has to be more than a story. Easter has to be more than just something we heard about. It's got to be more than just a rumor. Yeah, I heard about that dude. Not, what was his name? Uh, Jesus? No, Jesus. That was his name. And somebody killed him and he came back alive? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Ah, uh, yeah. Spaghetti monster. They throw these things out to try to refute the truth. We must have a, a relationship with the resurrected one. I have a lot more, but let's stand. I came to tell somebody today, it's Easter. What a better day. What a better day than the day we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. What a better day for somebody to turn loose of the past. What a better day for somebody to come to an altar and say, God, I'm sorry. I haven't sold out everything. I got this one thing. Everybody say one thing. One thing. What a shame if it was just one thing. I can understand if it was 473. But one thing we hold on to and we're not willing to let go? And we're willing to miss heaven for one thing? Here's my prayer today. That God will arise in the hearts of everyone at New Freedom, 
and you'll understand you got to sell out you got to do this with your whole heart but we get heaven and we get the earnest of our inheritance while we're here we're not children of the night second peter 1 and 19 says we also have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do well that ye take heed i'm trying to convince you today please take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn. The day's going to dawn. It's coming. The day's coming. You may be in a dark place right now, but morning's coming. We may be in a dark world now, but the bridegroom is coming. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. I want Jesus to arise today on this Easter. What a better day could you pick than today to allow Jesus to arise in your heart, to be resurrected in your situation. It, you may have come here with more problems than any of us have, but you can come lay them on this altar. And Jesus can arise in your heart, and you can go from dark to light, just like that. These altars are open. Anybody?